What's cracking? Big. Dogs. Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. This is BDG. Big dogs gotta eat. And this is Q and Assault. Sunday. Sunday. I uh, I was busy on Saturday. Okay. Sorry. I had fucking things to do. God forbid. God forbid. It's the middle of the summer in New York City. Can a kid go fucking go outside? Enjoy his life? Good Lord. You guys yelled at me for that. But now you get to officially assault me with your questions. Uh, this is Q and Assault Sunday, where you guys get to ask me anything you want. Fantasy-related, life-related, whatever the fuck you want to ask me. You get to do it here. All right? And this is only available to the Big Dog members, the Patreon members. Patreon.com forward slash B-D-G-E. What's good, everybody? How are we in the chats? Dylan Moore, what's up, baby? What up, boy? I actually just got out the shower. You want to see my boy tattoo? Yeah, ain't nobody needed to see that. What up, Ryan? Uh, as we typically do, we're going to start these Q&A assaults out with, with the biggest ri uh, risers and fallers in ADP at thy moment over the last week, over the last two weeks. Maybe I forget when the last time I did this shit was. Uh, I will say, my the first iteration of my rankings have dropped on the website. So if you are a Patreon member or if you are a draft guide purchaser, they are up on bdge.store. I know we are getting a zillion questions about when the draft guide is going to drop. End of week this week, that is the projection. I hope we can get it out by the 13th, by Friday. Uh, the rankings are up, though. And if you go to bdge.store to purchase the draft guide people, that is not the finalized website. We are revamping the entire website. It won't look like a piece of shit like it currently does. It'll be done, and it'll have a ton more content and info and valuable pieces of poop on there for you, okay? The rankings are up, though, for season-long Superflex Leagues. All right, let's look at the uh, the biggest fallers, the top six fallers over the last week or so. No surprise here. We have Carson Wentz and Michael Thomas both injured. They are dropping and dropping and dropping. Uh, Carson Wentz is basically undraftable in leagues at this moment, though I do think he will return earlier than expected right now. Um, initially, the, the timetable of five to 12 weeks, you know, I, I tend to go on the injury pessimism side of things but i do believe based on the energy and reports i've heard out of camp that wentz will be on the field sooner rather than later also i'm not as concerned with like quarterback injuries as other positions because you don't got to be agile you don't got to be fucking moving around and planting and being explosive carson wentz uh is probably the least explosive quarterback since uh actually you know what we're just we're gonna leave it there michael thomas also injured okay he's a different story he is dropping to the 77th pick right now, and that's still too early for me. Guys, he's going to miss a significant portion of the season and probably be limited for another significant portion of it. So do not draft Michael Thomas. Amari Rodgers continues to fall down because they signed Randall Cobb, so Amari Rodgers is undraftable as well. Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, two of the wide receivers in India are also dropping because of the Carson Wentz news. Neither of them are guys I was targeting. You're definitely not drafting T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you're probably not drafting Paris Campbell either. If you want to take like a last round flyer on him because he's going to be a slot guy that might get targets from like Jacob Eason or some shit, whatever. You can get cute. I'm going to continue to be ugly and not draft Paris Campbell. Last on the list, Tevin Coleman. Uh, he is dropping. I'm not even sure why because I think there was a report that like Michael Carter took a handoff with the first team and fucking whatever. The Michael Carter hype has gotten really, really high, and I get it. I get it. He's an exciting player. He was. He's fun and he's shifty, and uh, and the Jets' backfield absolutely stinks. They stink but they're just going to be a stinky ass committee is what they're going to be uh their offensive line definitely improved but still not 
Uh, still not a, a favorite flavor of mine. And Michael Carter's a fourth-round pick, guys. Tevin Coleman is going to eat into his carries. Michael P. Ryan's going to catch him. Like, this is just a backfield I don't want any part of. And Tevin Coleman dropping doesn't make me want to draft him more because I was never drafting him to start with. But if Tevin Coleman dropping means Michael Carter rising, that's not something I can get on board with. But it's based on camp reports that Michael Carter was taking handoffs with the ones. Which I don't, I don't think is not going to happen. I think he gets carries. You know, I think he's going to be a fucking NFL player that that gets some work. But uh, but I'm but I'm but I'm out on on whatever his seventh round price is at this point. And the biggest risers again, Randall Cobb joining with uh with with Aaron Rodgers out in Green Bay. I'm not really looking to draft him. I would just stick to the receiving group of. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and Robert Tunyon. Get Robert Tunyon because he's the best value there. Rashad Penny, there was a report that he looks good at camp or some shit, whatever. I'll believe it when I see it, which will be fucking never. So we're going to continue to draft Chris Defer Carson in the fourth fucking round. Darrell Henderson obviously keeps moving up. His ADP is starting to settle a little bit at the back end of the fourth, early fifth round, which I love dabbling in. I think he's as safe as they come there. Uh, consistent RB2 volume and numbers with RB1 upside on the weekly basis. So the fact that he's getting picked around the Travis Etienne's, the Mike Davis, the Miles Gaskins, I think uh, he's an easy smash over those guys. Damian Williams, there was a report that came out that he is getting some pass catching work. I mean, Tariq Cohen is dead. So, yeah, I guess someone else is going to get it. I still think David Montgomery is the guy who's going to get a shitload of volume. Damian Williams, man, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really looking to draft him. He is like 30, 29, 30 coming off a year, which he did not play. So we'll see how good he looks. He was always a good pass catcher, though. He's a good athlete. He's a very, very uh, athletic profiled guy. He's chalked up when it comes to to size and running and everything, so he'll be a little bit of a, a a dent in that in that offense. But he's not someone I'm really looking to buy into, to be honest with you. But I guess if you want to handcuff Demont, maybe he's not the worst. But I'm I'm not really looking to handcuff a guy that I draft in the third fourth round. Anyways, Marquez Callaway is a guy that I think we actually do need to start opening up our eyes to because Michael Thomas will be out for a very long extended period of time. This offense is obviously going to have to pass the ball, even though it's going to be one of the lowest pass rates in the NFL. You know, with Taysom at quarterback or Jameis, whoever the fuck it is, they're going to be using their running backs heavily. Marcus Callaway is the one that's getting all the smoke right now. Traquan Smith. I don't know if Traquan Smith is. Uh, is Traquan Smith? Give me a second to pull some shiz up. Did he miss time? I believe he he started missing some time. Yeah, he missed practice time with apparent leg injury. Uh, everything about Marquez Callaway has been. Uh, taking ownership of the top dog at the receiver. He's been the breakout star of camp. Uh, Marquez Callaway, let me bring his athletic profile up. I think this is this is uh, you know something I, I typically say throughout the summer is where there is smoke, there is fire, and uh, there has been an absolute bonfire around this man, Marquez Callaway. A very good athlete, uh, definitely above average, really good burst, 6'1", 205. So I think a lot of people probably think of him as like a slot receiver, but I think he's a little bit more than that. 6'1", 205, so he's got the size, early breakout age, college yards per, uh, per reception, almost at the 20 mark. So a big downfield playmaker. Callaway's a guy that's obviously needed to be added in every dynasty league. Um, but I think there is some late-round warranty in drafting him in season-long leagues as well. So if the smoke and the fire keep coming out of New Orleans camp, then we shall continue to uh, see him rising up draft boards. And at the 170th pick, he's an easy smash in best ball underdog drafts in the 16th, 15th, whatever fucking round it may be. Let's hop into the comments section. Again, if you are new to the channel, make sure you subscribe. We're covering everything fantasy leading up to your drafts. Uh, if you want to be involved in the Q and Assault next weekend, you could do so at patreon.com forward slash B-D-G-E. What's up? First comment we got, Sam Van Cleve, you were, saw were you sauce yesterday? Indeed. I uh, I left my apartment at 10.30 a.m. yesterday, 
and I returned home at about 10.30 a.m. this morning. So that should tell you about a thing or five uh, about how yesterday went. I had my heart, uh, my highest margarita rating of all time. I finally eclipsed a 9.1. I eclipsed a 9 mark. It was a 9.1. Root and bone. Root and bone in the East Village. Highest margarita rating I've ever given. But shout out to Goodnight Sunny out in East Village as well. Unbelievable margarita, which I should have rated higher. And it's one of the biggest regrets of my lifetime. Uh, so, yes, I was definitely sauced up. We went to Korean barbecue. We fucking ran down sake. I'm feeling good today for all intents and purposes. Feeling fucking good. I'm feeling energized. As you could tell, I have about 50 fucking cups of coffee. Whew. I haven't actually breathed since I turned the mic on. Holy shit. Breathe with me. Everybody out there. I want you to just take a deep breath. I have a question, actually, for any of you guys that listen to my podcast, which I guess I can't really uh, quite ask because you can't leave podcasts. I guess some of you guys probably listen to YouTube, YouTube Red or whatever. Do you listen to me at 1.5 speed? I listen to all my podcasts and YouTube videos at 1.5 X speed because shit is too slow for me. But I feel like I'm on too much crack that you can't actually listen to me at that uh, high of a speed. Right. I'm curious if anyone can actually reasonably listen to me at 1.5 X and understand anything I'm saying. I feel like my normal life is 1.5x. You know what I'm saying? My life is a fucking movie. The fucking conjuring. Uh, okay. Josh Allen or Kyler? Kyler. 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 Kyler's on. Uh, Kyler's going to go absolutely nuclear this year. I think he has actual league winning upside. I think he could. I think he can average 27 points a game and and legitimately be a, a monster difference maker at the quarterback position this year. Ryan O says, "I like Zeke." But my concern is the mileage on those tires. Thoughts on that? I'm not concerned about the mileage on the tires. I'd be concerned if the Cowboys are concerned about the mileage on the tires. And they have said that they're going to pull back on the rushing a little bit. They don't want to give them 25 to 28 carries a game, which is fine. Because, listen, like I'm not, I'm not too concerned with an extra 18 rushing yards per game. As long as he's getting the goal line carries in an offense that should be top five, seven scoring in the NFL, he should be top three in goal line carries. He should see 20 goal line carries this year. If he converts half of them, you're looking at a floor of double-digit touchdowns. Also, again, you know, in the games that Dak played last year, in the games that he was a starter, uh, Zeke was on pace for close to 90 targets or over 90 targets actually so as long as he keeps getting the the calorie up you know the extra fat the olive oil avocado type touches we're feeling good about Zeke no matter what bro don't worry about the extra five or six carries that he's not going to get per game he'll still get the valuable ones uh chart currently in the seventh and will likely fall with the finger news is it time to buy feels like he's the highest upside of anyone from round six to eight no i'm, I'm out on chart this year i've been uh, writing up my all fade list for the draft guide and I'll give you a little sneak preview. DJ Chark is on that list. I just don't think he's actually the route runner or the wide receiver, the separator on the outside that we had hoped him to be. I think this is going to be a run-first offense, and I think statistically all the wide receivers are going to be about the same. I actually think Visca has a higher upside than uh, than DJ Chark, and DJ Chark and Marvin Jones are wildly similar players. I found it weird that they decided to bring in Marvin Jones when they already had DJ Chark. So that's a, that's a red flag to me. Now he's hurt. Now he can't really gain the chemistry with Trevor Lawrence, a rookie quarterback, which is super valuable. So DJ Chark, for me, is not a buy. Um, he's not a guy I'm looking to draft. If he starts to drop to where Marvin Jones is dropping, and Marvin Jones is going late, man. He's like a 10th, 11th, 12th round pick. Yeah, I'll be okay with drafting Chark. But in the 7th round, I would rather dudes that are going there. Like, I would rather Debo Samuel off the top of my head. I would still rather Devontae Smith, even though he's hurt. Um, so DJ Chark, I think, feels like fool's gold this year. The hypothetical upside is not... Uh, going to be put into practice for me. Herbert or Burrow long-term dynasty? Oh, that's Herbert for me for sure. That is Herbert for me for sure. 
Traquan Smith is sidelined. Yep. Uh, best type of shirt for tucking. Uh, the one that's on your chest. I've been in a keeper league for 15 years. Holy shit. Congrats on the sex. We keep three players every year plus a fourth rookie keeper if that rookie is taken in the first two rounds of the draft. Would this change your value on rookies? Uh, let me try to figure this out. So you just straight up keep three players from the redraft draft the year prior, no matter what. Plus a fourth rookie keeper if that rookie is taken in the first two rounds of the draft. So that means you might be reaching up in your redraft league to take a guy like Javonta Williams in the second round if he, you know, if you project him to be the workhorse next year. Like if you're projecting him to be the second round or second round pick next year, you might take him earlier this year. I think there is definitely a strategy to this, but I think it's more higher like wide receivers, I'm good. You're never second round wide receivers are a very rare thing. Like those are the elite fantasy wide receivers and you very very rarely see guys break into that um break into that mold if they do it's really hard to like no one projected justin jefferson to do so and you weren't taking him in the fucking first two yeah don't worry about wide receivers don't worry about tight ends um for i'm assuming this is not a keeper league because you've been in i mean i'm assuming it's not a super flex league so i'm gonna throw quarterbacks off the table if that was the case there's a lot of quarterbacks to draft this year fourth round keeper that's like for the high-end running backs uh I think it's risky. I still think it's risky to use your second round pick on a guy like Etienne or Javante Williams. Obviously, Najee Harris is already a uh, an early pick, so he's already a first round pick for me. Um, basically, at the one twelve, like two hundred two or some area like that. So I think he's worth a little bit more for the fact that you actually get to keep him. Um, the settings are a little bit confusing here. So listen, I think I think the jump up to draft Javante or Travis Etienne in the second round in order for him to become a keeper is too risky this year. I think you're giving up a lot of juice doing that uh, to use your second round pick for redraft. So for this year in particular, I'm probably staying away. For last year, it was a wonderful thing because, you know, DeAndre Swift, the Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, obviously not all of them worked out perfectly, but Jonathan Taylor, like those are guys that were worth reaching up for because you only had to reach up an extra round or two to get them. Whereas uh, ETN's like a fifth, sixth round pick. Jonathan Williams is like a sixth, seventh round pick right now. So in my opinion, you're giving up way too much value to jump up on the premise that we're hoping those guys hit and that their second round picks are earlier next year. So right now, Najee makes sense <coughs> to reach up for. In my opinion, ETN Williams probably off my board uh, in that range as well. You brought up Jamar Chase. I think that's interesting. I think that's a little bit early as well for me because I'm not on Joe Burrow for redraft this year. And I just think you're giving up too much. It's almost like you're doing a productive struggle, but it's a redraft league, so it's a one-year sprint. So I don't really want to give up too much squeeze from the juice this year for it. And the only player I see doing it for you would be a Najee Harris. I hope that helps. And I didn't just fucking go nuts there for no reason. With the continued hamstring issues with Hollywood Brown, who do you like more to catch passes in Baltimore? Andrews in the 5th or 6th or Bateman in the ninth, 10th? I like Bateman at, at the value, man. Andrews is... Uh, I think we've kind of seen what Andrews is going to be. Uh, he's a good tight end, but I don't I don't see him like. Listen, he could have. The Hollywood wasn't enough of a factor for me to be like he could have hit a ceiling last year if Hollywood didn't play. Hollywood's going to play. Uh, he might be limited. I think this is big for Rashad Bateman. So I, li I like Rashad Bateman in the ninth, tenth round. There, I'm so enamored by that dude's talent. Wait, hold up. Is there 
Uh, wait, hold on, Justin. When you asked this question, I'm sorry if I fucked this up. When you said in the first two rounds of the draft, did you mean the first two rounds of the NFL draft or your fantasy draft? Those are two different uh, ball field, two different books. Might actually, that might be a podcast to book comparison there. DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Swift, and Montgomery, full PPR. Which three would you keep? I'm going to keep the first three, Metcalf, Brown, and Swift. I think Metcalf has overall wide receiver one upside. I think A.J. Brown is just A.J. Brown. I think Swift uh, will be a monster in full PPR leagues. Um, Montgomery's right there with Swift, but I would probably just it, – it's a really, really slight edge to Swift. I have more confidence that he catches a lot of balls this year than I do Montgomery. Thoughts on Rodgers and Dynasty? You think he's actually going to retire after this season? Uh, no, I don't think he retires. I think he kind of has his say in what the fuck he wants to do. Um He'll have his choice of where he wants to go. If he wants to get traded, he basically has that clause in his contract. I could see him going straight to like Denver next year. I could see him going straight to Washington next year and then competing immediately for a championship. Um, so thoughts on Rodgers and Dynasty? I think he's probably like a, a value. I got him in a startup draft this year uh, at like the six, six maybe, a startup super flex league, which I'm really, really pumped about. Uh, so yeah, Rogers is like a mid round value for me at, at quarterback. I don't want to go too crazy. Cause listen, I mean, there is a chance that he, he's older, obviously, uh, he, you could squeeze out three elite years left out of him. Uh, but there's, there's obviously risk involved with all these guys. You never know how his mindset might change, but, uh, I would say he's, he's safe enough that you're going to get another couple of years out of him. We we've seen no decline and, uh, he's, he's bike. Is Gallup a buy in dynasty? Looks like he might hit free agency next year and could get a deal to be the alpha for maybe the Texans or Lions. Yeah, he's a buy in dynasty. I wouldn't let the hype around him make you go fucking nuts for him. I I see him much more as a complimentary piece in an offense. He can be a high end wide receiver too. Uh, I I don't see him being the alpha anywhere. I don't I don't know if he's good enough necessarily to do that. And maybe he could be the alpha for a Texans or a Lions team, but that's not necessarily like a thing I want to buy into for a dynasty future. You know, he might give you like one really nice thousand yard alpha season but then they bring in someone else and you know things change quickly there so uh Gallup's definitely a buy in dynasty I don't really think he's like a kept secret right now I don't think you can get him for like low because everyone kind of likes Gallup right now um but yeah like startup drafts I was trying to get him in all the startup drafts I did this offseason um yeah he, he, I believe in the talent I don't know if I believe in the upside of him being like an actual alpha and he's going from Dallas to a defense or an offense probably elsewhere if he signs where he's going to be you know the number or the uh a much lower passing volume offense. Pancakes or waffle? Ooh, interesting. Actually, the place I went to yesterday for brunch where I had the 9-1 Marg, we had chicken and waffles. The waffles were good. Uh, give me pancakes, though. Give me pan. I feel like waffles is kind of like, I don't know. They're like a shitty version of pancakes in a sense. Pancakes, I feel like, are more versatile. Like, you can throw things on top of waffles, but I feel like waffles are too dense that they actually, like, take over the other... Like, you put pancakes in one plate, you put waffles on another plate, you put syrup all over them, you put strawberries and bananas and, like, chocolate chips, the pancake tastes way better because you actually get the taste of the other stuff, too. Waffles, I feel like, are a little bit overbearing, but chicken and waffles, fucking A1. The chicken and pancakes probably wouldn't be the best. But if they were chicken tenders, oh, okay. Pancakes, chicken tenders, like boneless, and uh, and fold them up. Fold them up into a little taco. A little chicken tender pancake taco. Lock it up. Lock it up. I'm here. We could start now. Love fucking asserting your power and your presence there. Respect. Sonny. Good night, Sonny. What's up? 
Uh, anyone interested in, in an Arizona 10-team home league? Heffy? Wow, he, uh, he threw the fucking number out there. Okay, so this is probably going to be seen by like ten to 15,000 people, this video. Anyone interested in an Arizona 10-team home league, half PPR, quarterback, uh, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex. Only deal since we are in Arizona. Most of us, it is ran through PayPal position. Posi- I don't know what the fuck you just said there, but if anyone is interested in this, I feel like you literally signed up for Patreon just to drop your league in here. Out of control. But the number's there, 928-848-4969. Send nudes. Crazy to say Tanyan better in redraft than Andrews. Honestly, I, they're going to be, I, I want to say I have Andrews as my six and Tanyan as my seven, maybe. I think that's my rankings, but like they're not, they're not separated by a tier. I feel like, I feel like you have to do that just because like, if, fuck it. You know what? I'm moving, fuck that. Fuck that. I'm moving them right now. I'm moving Tanyan ahead of, I'm going to be the highest person on consensus on Tanyan. I'm going to make sure every motherfucker in my audience is on Tanyan. Where art thou? Yep. So I had Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Pitts, Hawkinson. Oh, actually, no. Let me move that up. It's got to be Hawkinson, Pitts, Tanyan, Andrews. We out here. Publish. Come play, Nick. No fucking way. I ain't going to Arizona. You crazy? You paying for my flight? Still no. Justin. Scracking. Half PBR, one quarterback, three keeper league example. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Wait, what? Oh, boy, we're back to this shit. Uh, My three keepers are Saquon, Josh Jacobs, DK Metcalf. Jonathan Taylor is my rookie keeper. There are five other teams with rookie keepers, so my draft begins. What's your go-to fantasy loser punishment outside of putting Animal in the woods? Uh... I mean, we do a league meeting, so the day that Animal goes into the woods, which is next Saturday, we're going to do a league meeting where we discuss punishments with our with our league mates, and we have a, a bunch of the same possibilities on the board each year, and we end up voting for it. We end up usually voting for new ones. Like, we don't, we almost never pick one that's already kind of been sitting there. Um, I thought the, the night in the woods is fantastic. All Animal gets is a water bottle and machete. It's got to be in the woods for 18 hours. Uh, I lost the league like six or seven years ago, and I had to do uh, at an open mic night here in New York City. I had to do a stand up routine, and the league mates actually wrote the jokes for me. So that was not fun at all. Uh, that's a good one, though, if you want to have a great night and you're not the fucking loser of your league. The 6 12 18 24 challenge was fantastic. Look that up if you don't know what that is. Uh, we've been trying to get waterboarding on. Uh, on the top of the totem pole for a minute hasn't worked at all very rarely that's not just the sound of that first sip of morning joe it's the sound of someone shopping for a car on carvana from the comfort of home that's a good blend it's time to take it easy like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes talk about starting the morning right just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
ever gets votes. I don't know. If you guys have any good punishments, let us know. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, fucking hot dogs stink to begin with, so it doesn't matter. That's not true. Okay, A dirty water dog is kind of nice, but it's not a fucking sandwich, no. Don't disrespect me like that. Nope, Nick, been with you for three. I, I knew that. I was just being disrespectful. I'm sorry, Sonny. Shock underdog draft right now. Let's do it. I'm probably going to film tomorrow's underdog draft right after this video. So keep your fucking fingers itchy in the Discord. Uh, I'm going to drop the link to do a 12-team draft. My draft begins after those players are kept. So I basically start in round five since I'm keeping four players. Teams without rookie keepers start in the fourth round. Yeah, I think we got that. Okay. Last three teams to be undefeated and as far into the season you think they'll last. Uh, I haven't really looked at schedules, so I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I can give you the really easy takes. We'll go with the Chiefs. We'll go with the Patri uh, the Rams. Uh, fucking Jesus Christ, Nicholas. The Bucks, And uh, I don't even know if they play early on, so I'm not sure how early they could lose. I could see possible undefeated teams going relatively far into the season without knowing schedule off the top of my head. The Ravens, uh, the Browns. Let me see what the Browns schedule. Okay, never mind. The Browns play the Chiefs in week one. You're off my board. Wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see the Packers make a dent. Um, yeah, it's probably where I'm sitting right now. Yo, you've been watching the Fantasy Doctors channel. They've been killing it. It was awesome when you had them on last year. Uh, yeah, me and, me and Dr. Morse used to do a video every week. Uh, but those videos weren't really that fun for me. I just kind of had to sit here and listen to him do his shit. And he does that video on his does those videos on his channel. They do a great job. They basically take like YouTube shorts and make that into their content, which is fantastic. And they grew quickly. I'm happy for Dr. Morse. He works really fucking hard, that dude. Um, so, yeah, I, I when there's like injury news or update uh, breaking injury news or whatever, I always get there. Uh, I always I always check their channel to see what the diagnosis from a real doc is because y'all know I'm only technically a doc. Um, yeah, I watch. I do. I was actually checking out some of the stuff this morning. Uh, on uh, who was I looking at? Justin Jefferson and uh, a few other guys. Justin Jefferson. My 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 take on it right now is I think it's going to be a couple weeks, two to three. I, they say they say day to day, but I want to say two to three weeks. Uh, timetable return, but again, guys, the season starts on September 12th, so we have about five weeks, four to five weeks before he needs to be healthy, so I'm not worried about Justin Jefferson right now. Waffle House Challenge. Yeah, you know what? I feel like that's too... Maybe, maybe it's just gone too mainstream that I feel like it's not really that fun anymore. Um, I had I have heard some funny ones that like twist on that. Mar a, a margarita Challenge in a Waffle House. Well, not in a Waffle House, but a place that serves margaritas where it's 24 hours. Every time you drink a marg, it knocks an hour off. Because whoever it's whoever is going to be fucking crawling out of that place, like fucking uh, the Wolf of Wall Street on Ludes type of shit. Alex, 
Hello, 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 Maz. What's up? One quarterback, half PPR, half point per first down. I'm keeping Dobbins in the seventh and drafting at number three, assuming C-Mac and Cook go ahead of me. Am I crazy to like Zeke over Henry? Uh, you're not crazy for liking Zeke over Henry. I would... I would probably... Uh, I would personally probably go with Derrick Henry because I think we know for a fact what we're getting. What I mentioned before about Zeke's, maybe his carries being pulled down a little bit. Maybe he doesn't get as many carries, you know, in between the 20s as we'd like him to get. So that could be a little bit of a detriment to your scoring system there, getting less uh, getting less first downs. But I think both of them are really, really solid players at the number three spot. I, I don't think that choice is going to be what makes or breaks your team, to be honest with you. I think they'll both be high-end RB1s regardless. But personally, I'd probably go with Henry there. Just because I'm a little bitch. Chiefs lose game one to my Brown. Listen, I don't I, I, I don't hate that at all. I kind of want to check what the line is on that. On the let's go to the DraftKings Sportsbook. If I had to guess, are they at they are they're at Kansas City. I'm gonna say Vegas is sharp. I'm gonna say they put this at a uh six and a half might be too friendly. Seven and a half to eight seven and a half spread. I'll put that at. Oh, six. Okay. Plus six. That's a little, that might be a little too close for my liking. I think I like the over though. 52 and a half. What's the punishment for fade the fetal last place? Am I in fade the field? Oh yeah, I am in fade the field. Uh, I can't keep up with all the fucking names of the dynasty leagues that we have. What's the punishment? Um, Senate's not allowed to go to the gym. Senate has... Senate... I feel like Senate hasn't left his house. The only time he's ever left his house is to go to the gym. Senate definitely does two-a-days. 100%. He does cardio in the morning. Fucking lifts pecs at night. Three days a week. His off day is fucking jump roping for two and a half hours. Last place for... If Senate gets last place, he's not allowed to work out for two fucking two decades. What's your top three must-have foods for a live draft? Okay, so I think a lot of people go wrong here. A lot of people think of draft night similar to, like, watching a football game. Not correct. You need your fingers to be stick-free. You need your fingers to be um, not greasy, like wings, for instance, right? Wings, great, great football food. Not great draft food. I personally love donuts. I, I actually try not to eat that much during draft night, to be honest. I just, I drink a lot. I don't like to mix drinking and eating that much. Unless it's just like straight up, we're going out for dinner or something. But like yesterday, started drinking at like 1130. We went to brunch and like, I don't really eat throughout that day. We didn't eat until we had Korean barbecue at like 7 p.m. That being said, yeah, I'm, I, I usually stick to my marks during the live draft, which I've been trying to taper off a little bit because it's affected my draft performance in recent years. Um, I feel like the appetizers are quick. Something nice. Like if someone can make pigs in a blanket, game over. A game over. Uh, sliders, game over. Fucking game over. Sliders, pigs in a blankie. Chips are always fine. They're fucking boring. Just get donuts. Get donuts and fucking Funyuns and margaritas, dude. 
That's it. You're living there. Ray G wanted to pick my side of the trade for Chase, but he ended up picking Senate side. I wanted to walk in front of traffic. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't even see the trade. Did it happen this weekend? EJ Adras. Is that your first name? Adras? What's EJ stand for? Adras fucking junior, because I'm about to sun you. Where am I drafting from? I don't know. We haven't done draft order. I forget how we did draft order last year. I think we had a beer Olympics or a beer tournament for it. I don't know how we're going to do it this year. I feel like we're going to be so fucking busy, I'm going to forget to do a draft. Honestly. I can't wait for that fucking weekend. Funyuns and ranch dip go crazy. All right, chill with the fucking ranch. Funyuns don't need an extra fucking sauce on them. It's like putting ketchup. I would say Funyuns, putting ranch on Funyuns is worse than putting ketchup on steak. Fact, not opinion. Adris Giovanni. All right, I'm calling you fucking jabroni from now on. Grab some Funyuns and draft to Tanyan. There you go. Get some Tanyans, man. You wish I was your Psalm. Fucking sick spelling. I don't wish you were my son. You'd be fucking disappointing. I'd have to disown you. How are we deciding who gets to sleep with snacks? You think snacks is fucking sleeping in the Airbnb? I don't want that place to smell like shit. We already have enough degenerates in there. The bed situation should be ridiculous. We're going to end up having 45 people sleeping in that Airbnb. I'm thinking about canceling that weekend, honestly. That's too much. I'm not refunding anyone, though. The trade with Senate was eight days ago. Oh, fuck. Sorry, dude. This is like the first time I've opened my eyes in eight days. There you go. The fucking EJ, aren't you from Florida? Y'all don't have bottomless brunch down in Florida. Stop lying. Do you feel like this year's rookie QB class will be thought of as one of the best quarterback classes in fantasy value? Yeah, I think this is going to be a great fucking class. I really, really like this class. Uh, Trey Lance almost seems like a fucking can't-miss prospect at this point. Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields is such a high floor because he's a runner. Um Zach Wilson, who I think is going to be better than most people are giving him credit for right now. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really strong class. I'm excited to see how how they blossom into uh, year two and year three. Big fan of grabbing the rookie quarterbacks in startup drafts this year. Their price is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty fucking saucy right now, though. Like I took Justin Fields at the two twelve in a startup, and I wasn't competing right away, so I was like, okay, it doesn't really matter, but. Like Zach Wilson at the four eleven, as compared to like Justin Fields at the two eleven, just feels like just criminal. What's your floor ceiling for Ayuk? I'm pretty high. Yeah, dude, I can't, I can't. Like, I'm, I'm starting to make egregious draft picks. I think I just took Ayuk at four four in a best ball draft yesterday. I might have been off the marks, but like, regardless, you know, when you're drunk, your true feelings come out. I'm, I'm getting higher and higher on Ayuk by the day. I just feel like he's a guy I don't want to be late on. I'd rather be early on than late. Uh, floor, listen, I don't think his floor is like super, super high. I think there's a chance that he does end up like statistically finishing around last year, you know, 65 for 906, uh, which would be kind of disappointing because we know his ceiling in terms of his talent is so much higher than that. But I really like the ceiling. There's a, there's a chance that this offense just goes full fucking blaze mode. And, uh, Ayuk is the number one wide receiver on the outside and just gets eight to nine tar. Yeah. Like I'm very, very high on Ayuk. I do think the range of outcomes can be pretty wide though. 
What made that Morgan nine one break it down? Uh, listen, there there might have been emotions in, involved. I might have just been having a great day and been feeling good. But here here's the thing: I have a I have a very sweet palate. Okay, I have a sweet tooth. So if you can make a Marg that has a sweet layer to it, but without making it feel like it's just straight uh, Marg mix, if you can if you can perfectly execute that balance of sweetness but not gross sweetness. There's a really fine line between using Marg Mix and lime juice and natural limes to make it sweet between a fucking 9-1 and a 1-9, okay? If you don't know how to balance, if you're walking the sweet balance line and you can't, and you don't got Crocs on, you don't got the proper footwear to, to make that cocktail, it's a scary fucking thing, all right? That that one just hit well. There was there it wasn't overbearing sweetness. It was like a perfect sweetness. And it came in like a small cup, which I think is really underrated. The smaller the cup, usually the better it is. Because once you start making margs that are like fucking this big, the cocktail ratio gets fucked up because you're pouring way too much liquid into it, okay? Because then you're starting to be like, rather than just being like a, a two one one ratio of like tequila, lime, triple sec, or contra or whatever then you got to be doing like a six to three to four ratio and things get all fucked up there. Okay. So it was small. It was, you know, I was starting the day off. Great. I had no one pissed me off yet. I didn't do Q and assault yesterday, so I hadn't been yelled at. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a sweet palate guy. That's the thing. I don't do spicy marks. I do like salt on the rim, 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 but it's the best answer I can give you. What do you think about ESPN's alternative? Alternate broadcast for Monday Night Football with Peyton and Eli. Basically just a watch party. Will you guys be doing any live streams on game days this season? So, uh, good question. I have a few thoughts about this off the top of my head. The alternate broadcast, I think, is a great idea. I think regular broadcasting channels are so fucking behind on personalities being the ones that broadcast the game. As you could see by an example, your follow-up question was, will you guys be doing any live streams on game days this season? YouTube, Twitch, these live stream platforms have completely taken over and personalized the experience of anything that you're watching. Barstool Sports made a deal with, uh, I forget what bowl game it is. It's the Arizona or Arizona State bowl game this year in which they will be taking over the entire broadcasting rights of it. So the personalities of Barstool will be organizing the national anthem, the uh, the interviews on the sideline, the in-game announcing. This is the future of sports. This is the future of sports casting. This is the future of watching sports. Unfortunately, right now, they probably had to pay a fuckload of money to be able to broadcast that in their own stream. We can't do, we'll, we'll be doing live streams where we're hanging out and you guys will have to watch the games on your TV. We'll have the cameras set up on us. Unfortunately, we are not allowed to have us uh, broadcasting the actual game. So if you go onto YouTube, watch us watching the game, we can't actually have the game footage. YouTube will take that down immediately. That's an illegal stream. You will start to see ESPN. So the reason ESPN is falling off because of these other platforms that are using real personalities in all of their content, right? Like most people don't even consume ESPN or sports center. They consume the highlights on their phone. ESPN is, is just been catering to like the politically correct 65 year old white man for so long that they don't realize that we want real personalities. We want games that are fun. We want fucking Snoop Dogg announcing UFC fights. Okay. The more we can tune in on the personalities that we love actually broadcasting these fucking games, the closer we're getting to the reality of what sports are going to be. I think it was a great idea by ESPN. Will Payton and Eli be good for it? 
yeah, they're great personalities. Uh, they still hit a lot of the same demographic that ESPN was already hitting in the 45 fucking year old white male. We're going to start seeing, and there's going to be a fine line. Anytime you start to drastically shift the content landscape of things where you go from two, three old 65 year old white men to doing to barstool, there's going to be a line that we need to kind of hit the middle of the spectrum where COVID hit, right? Everybody was working in the office nine to five, five days a week. Everybody started working from home. There's pros and cons. We're going to land in the middle of that shit eventually. And the best will come out. It just takes a little bit of time. So we're going to start seeing different personalities. There's going to be broadcasts that start to fuck around and being like, yo, we're going to get the most popular influencers in the world to call this game. And it's going to be a fucking disaster. It's going to be ninja. It's going to be guys like that that will bring on a ton of eyeballs and the people are going to be like, ah, okay, there's there's a fine line between entertainment and actual valuable information. I think Eli and Peyton will be really good for it, but we'll start to see some of the best personalities in the world that are actually valuable when it comes to the sports that they're streaming and the sports that they're announcing become the go-to guys for that. That's We're going to see these worlds start to converge. We're going to see the social media personalities and the, the executives of these fucking high-end broadcasting uh, channels converge and and we'll see well as consumers we're starting to get the best of every world that we want we demand what we want and 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 people that provide products and services have no choice but to deliver that shit to us skirt i love some iuke but at the 404 some animal shit yeah it was in a tournament it was a gpp and i was like i just want him i'm not gonna get him on the way bike and he keeps going earlier and earlier i saw him earlier that day at like a four at the 411 and i was like i just want iuke because it's a tournament i'm probably gonna reach up on trey lance just for upside and you know breakout potential at the second half of the year so i wanted to make sure i got him thoughts on mims in dynasty been arguing with the dude who thinks he's getting cut before the season uh now nah, he's not gonna get cut uh but like listen this is not a situation to be optimistic about. Listen, we know that the talent profile is there, like the athletic ability is there, but there there hasn't been a single fucking good report out of Jess Camp. He keeps falling further and further down the depth chart. Again, where there's smoke, there's fire, and uh, he is just up in flames right now. So he's he's a throwing piece at this point. So it, it's it's uh, it's not a good spot to be in. When do we find out who won the last spot in NYC weekend? Uh, Underdog actually started to. It, it's kind of it's kind of shitty because legally they're not allowed to show send me the list of people. Like they're not allowed to share email information and customer information of people that have used my promo code. So I'm working with the team. They are randomly reaching out to I think ten people that they, they might have already emailed all the people uh, that they randomly picked, and they're having the people fill out a form which will get sent over to me. So there's a good chance that if you haven't heard already. Uh, that you probably were not one of the random people picked for the giveaway. I think they narrowed it down to like 10 people, and then the 10 people are going to have to fill out a form in which I go through and see. It can't be just like randomly, randomly selected because you got to understand I'm bringing these people around like 12 other people. They're going to be hanging around my people, my friends and family and shit. Uh, so we can't just have crazy ass people walking around all the time. Tajin, Tajin, salt on mar rims changed my mind. Yeah, I just don't really like spicy. It looks cool, uh, but just not good. Kind of like Denzel Mims. The day after I get to beach for a week, I realize I didn't pack a single tank. Rip, I'm such a fool. Honestly, you probably did yourself a favor. I feel like tanks are fucking... I'm not a tank guy. I don't really like wearing tanks. 
what skill position rookies you think are going to hit right away this year and which ones you think we'll have to wait on? I think both the Morris and Javante will have to wait on with the competition. That I think Elijah Morris is going to be a fucking second-half breakout stud. Um, Javante, I also think we're going to have to wait on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous that we're not going to see Javante really be a fantasy asset until like week 10, 11, 12. Um, who else do we have here? Go down the list real quick. This will be the last question I answer, guys. I apologize. We're like 45 minutes into it. We usually do these for about 30 minutes, but the conversation got good. We were rolling. I'm on fucking ecstasy right now, so I was like, we're in a good mood. Let's go. I'm kidding. I'm not actually on ecstasy. <coughs> that already got out of my system. Um, you can sign up for Cune Assault, obviously, next weekend again by being a Patreon member, patreon.com forward slash BDGE. That'll get you into our Discord, and inside our Discord is where you'll get announcements to anything that we basically do behind the scenes over here at Big Dog's Gotta Eat. Uh, any questions from the Patreon members in terms of, like, logistics and your memberships right now? Not really sure why the fuck I'm asking that, but just in case, you know, I would like to clear it up for anybody. Uh, yeah, ETN. I've been pretty on uh, on uh, on the train of ETN not being a major major fantasy player this year. I just don't think we we know what what fucking uh, what we're gonna get out of him. I just feel like his 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 role is gonna be limited. What else do we got? Oh, boy. What the fuck just happened? Uh, Elijah Moore, you mentioned the other Moore. Yeah, I, I, I have very, very little uh, little faith in Rondell Moore being a big-time asset as well. His, his over-under on Vegas, like receiving yards, is about 500, 540 maybe. I don't uh, – yeah, he's – and Cliff's already coming out and saying all the same shit he says about every wide receiver. Oh, he's more of an inside slot guy. That just tells me that you see him as a weapon, not an actual outside threat that you, like, target, which is a problem. Who else we got? Yeah, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, et cetera, et cetera. How the draft guide go with Patreon? I assume it's a separate purchase. Yes, two different products. Uh, at the end of the day, the way I could break it down is there are two product, two different products. Uh, Patreon gets you access to me and the team. That's really at the at the very baseline level of what the value you get from Patreon is. Uh, you do get the rankings, you get access to our rankings, but you're getting access to myself and the team. Uh, the draft guide is a product that has our best information kind of packed and neatly organized for you guys on bdge.store. So it's like we take all the content that we've been working on throughout the entire, you know, last three, four five months, package it into the best, the most valuable shit that we think you guys need to know for your drafts. And we put it into one product. So one's a product with information. The other is more access. So depending on whatever you want, you want to be part of the community. Patreon is definitely the way to go. You want uh, just a quick hitting info so you don't have to fucking listen to me ever again. Draft guide is the way to go. Uh, that is it. That is it for me. I'm out of here. Hit the thumbs up if you enjoyed. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And we'll see you on Cune Assault next. Uh, oh, uh, we might have to move it to Sunday next week, too, because we have Animals Punishment on Saturday. I will keep you guys posted on that, though. Love y'all. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.